Good evening and welcome to the Sons of Adam. My name is Leif Moy and I'll be here for the next two hours talking about what's on my mind and hearing from you about what is on your mind. Oh, I've got a tough one tonight, especially uh, since tomorrow is the big day where our Congress votes on the, uh, the health care bill. Um, this is a debate that has been going on for almost a year now. And uh, it's been going back and forth and back and forth. And I've been, you know, uh, my blood pressure has gone through the roof. Uh, I used to be a guy that was very, very interested in politics, to be honest with you. Um, One of the first programs that I ever got introduced to on talk radio happened to be the Rush Limbaugh show. And I remember a good friend of mine who called me. I, I, can't, I think I was driving to a job. I used to do construction, and I was just driving to a remodel job. And a very good friend of mine called me and said, hey, you've got to turn on the radio. Here's this guy. He actually is talking about politics that seems to uh, be consistent with, with what we believe, believe in. And uh, there was just nothing you know, on television that was uh, in anywhere close to what I held as far as a political view and here's this guy rush limbaugh and not only did he have uh conservative views as far as politics is concerned but he had great bump music you know and that that was kind of like the big deal for him he said this guy's playing rock and roll you know i mean wow that's really cool and uh, i started listening to him and i got really involved in politics and uh you know over the years i've certainly thought about my role as a christian Um, you know, how does politics play into, uh, me being a man, uh, me being a Christian man and, you know, the fact that I am a citizen of this country and it's my, my role to, you know, vote and to believe to be involved in the political process. Um, and over this last year with this whole healthcare thing, I have found, you know, I found myself just going, you know, there's parts of it that I like, to be honest with you. And there's other parts that I just think are absolutely crazy. Um, You know, I think that we are moving towards a socialist, almost communist, uh, you know, way of doing government. Um, And yet there's parts of the health care bill that uh, talk about uh, tort reform, I think is very, very important. Um, I, I think that it's important that we deal with, uh, you know, w- when people have uh, different medical issues that, um, you know, insurances companies don't want to cover, uh, that we need to take care of those people, especially if they're willing to pay the premium. And uh, within this whole thing, we've come to a place where we're talking about, um, we're talking about, you know, getting our guns uh, I was listening to uh, Glenn Beck um, this weekend, and uh, he interviewed uh, Sarah Palin. And there's a group of people up in Alaska, about 150 people who gathered together in uh, Kenai, and they're talking about an armed resistance, um, you know, civil disobedience. Uh, I think we can go all the way back to not only the civil rights with uh, Martin Luther King, but we can take it back a couple hundred years before that, to our forefathers who civilly disobeyed, what, England? And out of that came our country. 
And we have always, at least from what I've understood, we viewed that as a move of God, that this country was established by God's hand out of civil disobedience to England um, because of religious persecution, maybe, maybe not. Or was it just tax? You know, I mean, I remember learning that it was the uh, Boston Tea Party that kind of got it all started, and it was... Uh, uh, taxes that we just didn't want to pay to the king anymore because we weren't being represented. And so we were going to revolt and civilly disobey our governing authority and start our own country. And, uh, you know, I guess what I want to talk about tonight is, is that biblical? Is it Christian? Have you ever read the book of Romans, and in particular, Romans chapter 13? Now, I want to read this section of Scripture, and before you call in tonight, which I'm hoping that you will, I've got a number of guests in studio, as well as I have an Englishman <laughs> calling me from uh, Florida, Boca Raton, Florida, that will join him, be joining me, and uh, I want to talk to him in particular about just the, uh, the whole English-American relationship. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 13. I'm going to give you a few minutes, grab your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 13, and beginning in verse 1, it says, everyone. Now, who is that? Who's everyone? It's everyone. It's not just like a certain group of people. It's not only Republicans or Democrats. It says, everyone must submit to the governing authorities. That's a pretty big statement right there. Everyone, and I remember when I first heard uh, this section of Scripture, at least in Bible college, it was always used to uh, promote the death penalty. You know, whenever you brought up the death penalty, this was the Scripture that you went back to, and you said, well, you know, if the government says that the death penalty is okay, then you got to submit to the government authorities, and so it's okay to kill people. Because it goes on later on to talk about the government, you know, does not— bear the sword for no reason. So let, let's go through this again, beginning in verse 1. It says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority. Did you get that? There is no. Now, we got to remember here, guys, let's go back, because a lot of us believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. It is verbally plenary inspired. That means every single word that is written in this thing is from God. And so when it says, for there is no authority except that which is from God or that God has established, the authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he, now listen very carefully here. This is really important. He who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Wow. Amen. Wow. That's kind of heavy. Now, I know a lot of us listen to conservative talk radio. I do as well. Um, but I think we need to wrestle with this tonight. 
What does it mean when it says that the authorities that exist have been established by God? Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. My phone number is 1-800-955-8200. That's 1-800-955-8200. What do you think about that? Does that bother you at all? Um, it's kind of bothered me, to be honest with you, because I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a rebel. You know, I, uh, I've got guns, and, you know, I thought about, you know, digging a bunker and burying myself in the backyard and, you know, storing up food and, you know, having a couple cows and even eating my dog if I, if I need to. Dog's good. Dog's real good. And yet when I read this scripture, I'm wondering, is that really what we're supposed to do? And how does civil disobedience play into our role as Christians? We are being faced with um, a bill that is going to take over one-sixth of our economy. Um, we're going to be forced to... Uh, to pay for health care. And if we don't, the IRS is going to come after us. And, um, you know, we got to decide what we're going to do about this. You know, how are we going to respond? Are we going to just, uh, you know, passively sit back and let it happen? Or are we going to actually, uh, you know, rise up as some people want to do, take arms and uh, f fight back? Phone number is 1-800-955-8200. That's 1-800-955-8200. On the other side of the break, Jonathan Gundry will be joining me, as well as a number of uh, gentlemen in the studio. Hope you uh, will stay with us and give me a call. We'll be right back. This year, most of the U.S. had the kind of weather that would make a polar bear call in an order for a Snuggie. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby with the 3-Step Plan Home Business System. If you were working from home with the 3-Step Plan, you wouldn't have to fight the snow or traffic. You wouldn't have to worry about what to do with the kids on snow days. The 3-Step Plan could make it possible for you to work from the comfort of your home and earn as much or even more than you do sliding around on the pavement going to work for somebody else. Most people build a home business with the 3-Step Plan on a part-time basis but many do develop a business that earns more than they did working at a job. Can you picture yourself beside the fireplace with a telephone and a computer working your own business? To find out how you can make more money working from home, go to 3stepplan.com or call 888-366-5258. 888-366-5258. Hey parents, finding it hard to communicate with kids in today's world of ever-changing slang? Hi, son. Excuse me? Introducing the Communicizer. Just strap non-toxic Communicizer to your mouth and go from boring old man speak. Oh, you know, I'm here if you want to talk. To 100% off the chain. 
Text me whenever, yo. It's that easy. Thanks to Communicizer, I'm relevant to my kids again. I mean, I'll fly, boo. And now when you buy Communicizer, you get the auto-tune attachment free. Sounds so hip-hop, your kids will want to talk to you for hours. I used to have to walk three miles uphill to school every morning short day. I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. Communicizer is not available in stores because it doesn't exist. But that's okay. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Because kids in foster care don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Adopt Us Kids and the Ad Council. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. With the introduction of the slaughter solution, otherwise known as the DEEM scheme, the Nancy Pelosi-led Congress has earned the title of the Kangaroo Congress of 2010. We all know that kangaroo courts dispense only a parody of justice, and now we see a Congress making a mockery of the Constitution's rules for passing laws. The Senate bill before the House is full of special deals and outrageous provisions. As a result, House members don't want to vote on it. So rather than start over and put together a bill that would command genuine bipartisan support, President Obama and Nancy Pelosi have agreed on this transparent trick, and the voters are outraged. We urge you to contact your congressman via the button at my website that says, Say No to Obamacare. My website address is HughHewitt.com. That's HughHewitt.com, and click on the Say No to Obamacare button in the upper right-hand corner. Please act today. If this legislation passes, it will change our country for the worse, and it will be very difficult to undo. I'm Hugh Hewitt. All right, welcome back to the Sons of Adam. My name is Leif Moy. I'm your, your not your guest, I'm your host... Oh, you think that's funny, Trevor, huh? I'll be your guest for tonight. You can be my guest. That's my uh, son-in-law laughing at me. (laughs) You bring it upon yourself, Lee. I'm sorry. I do. I do. Can't help it. I'm just uh, a wild and crazy guy. Yeah. Uh, Phone number is 1-800-955-8200. That's toll-free, 1-800-955-8200. I was listening and watching Glenn Beck this uh, this evening, and he was uh, <laughs> it was interesting because he was very adamant about this. I mean, he was saying violence is not the answer, okay? Because I think that there's been a lot of people that have been listening to him, and and he's he's pretty hardcore on this whole issue, which, to be honest with you, I've kind of enjoyed listening to him. Uh, but I think he's got some people that have listened to him that maybe are you know going to. Uh, an extreme, maybe, and he's trying to reel him back in, and he's saying violence is not the answer. Really? Okay. Well, it was uh, a couple hundred years ago when we uh, revolted against England, and uh, my guest tonight, Jonathan Gundry, calling uh, from uh, Boca Raton. How you doing, Jonathan? Doing well tonight. You know, we had you on the show, uh, what is it, about a month ago, and we were talking about the two different kingdoms, and we had the whole Kingdom Now thing going on, and then we had uh, your position, uh, which is what? The two kingdoms theology, which is we have essentially two kingdoms, the kingdom of God, which is limited to the church in the New Testament age, and then you have the kingdom of man, which is all the institutions of man and their respective nations. And we are dual citizens. We are to live as heavenly citizens, as Philippians 3 says. But at the same time, we have to recognize that we are still very much on planet Earth. And we are to obey the uh, the laws of the land 
and the governments of the land. All right. So On a- that's very interesting that you say that because uh, some of the most uh, important periods of our time in our history as a country have been as a result of revolution, at least, uh, you know, I mean, the first revolution was obviously major. We broke away from England and we declared ourselves our own country. That was a pretty big deal. That was definitely civil disobedience to the extent that we took up arms and we said, uh, we no longer serve the king. All right. Then we had, uh, you know, the civil disobedience that took place during the Civil War, which is a pretty major deal where uh, at least one part of the country said to the other part of the country, you know, slavery and uh, uh, that way of living is not going to be tolerated. And we had an entire civil war over that. Uh, And that's looked back, you know, kind of in favor, the fact that the North did the right thing, although I'm not sure that they did it all for the best intentions. I don't think it was purely to save, uh, you know, uh, the African from slavery, I think there was uh, uh, some monetary uh, <laughs> things involved in that, and we didn't want the South to break away because we liked the money that the South brought into the, the nation. Uh, then we had the Civil Rights Movement. We had Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and, and uh, d- the Black Panthers and different groups of people that basically said, you know, uh, we're going to civilly disobey the governing authorities in order to establish – uh, and to fix a part of our, our culture that is broken and wrong. So, you know, civil disobedience has been um, something that has been consistent throughout our country. And yet, then we read this scripture here in Romans 13 that says, does it say, I'm going to ask you, you're a theologian, does it say that we should never civilly disobey our governing authorities? Why? Because Scripture says that they are instituted by God, and if we rebel against them, at least from what I've just read, then we are rebelling against God. Is that true? Not true? Where's the, where's the line in all that? Fundamentally true, yes. Uh, according to this passage, in God's general providence, we are morally obligated to obey the laws of the land and submit to the governing officials of that land. I mean, Rome was a pagan nation, a pagan empire. But yet, and Jesus said didn't. what? Jesus never called for a revolt, did he? No, no, he didn't. He said, pay your taxes. Pay, yeah, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And live in peace if you can. Yes, strive to live in peace, the Bible says, with all men. So the default position is to obey the laws of the land and to uh, submit to the governing authorities within that nation and land to the honor and glory of God. Uh, because God is a God of order, not disorder. God is a God of peace and not calamity. And uh, he is a God who pushes in peace through the gospel. So we we kind of uh, end up looking oxymoronic, if you will, when we... I like oxymorons. Yes, when we, when we bring in this coercive way of uh, bringing about uh, what we would deem uh, to be either a Christian society or society that best suits our particular preferences, or even uh, our particular understanding of what a nation should look like um, as we seek to follow Christ. So, that that sounds really good. Now, how do you uh, apply that to the three examples I just gave you? The American Revolution. Right. Well, in Was that a just uh, thing? Was it a right thing? 
Should we have done that? I mean, I mean, you know, we're talking. There's a lot of us that believe that this country was founded upon Judeo-Christian values, and breaking away from England was the best, most beautiful thing. And God, you know, basically God is the one that created this nation, and so breaking away from England was God's work um, on our behalf to establish a Christian nation. England was a Christian nation, weren't they? Well, again, um, as I was on your show last month, and uh, the debate, I didn't see that or argued this very point, that there's really, in the biblical sense, been no Christian nation. I mean, historically, we recognize certain uh, countries that have had the gospel as Christian nations, but uh, that whole debate was about defining what we mean by that. Uh, So even in the question, we have to first consider what do we mean when we speak of a Christian nation. Um, But when it comes to the question of uh, the Declaration of Independence and how you broke away from us Brits, and I'm now benefiting <laughs> from that, living in South Florida. So yeah, in, in Boca Raton, which is like, that's not even considered America. <laughs> okay, I mean, Boca Raton is not even, that's not America, that's like paradise. Right, right, uh, yes, and uh, I'm very grateful that God has probably You're almost in heaven down there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty good. But, <laughs> I've been you know, there, I've been there, it's beautiful. Oh, I never knew you'd been here. Oh, yeah, uh, I was there about uh, five years ago. All right, very nice, yeah. But the curse still has its effects, even in sunny Boca Raton, <laughs> even South Florida. But that that being said, um, when we look at that issue, um, yes, there are things in it that are very God-honoring. Those early uh, fathers who wanted to honor Christ and to see... Uh, religious freedom within their society. Uh, to that, I give a hearty amen. Yep. Uh, but we're also going to see that there's a mixed bag uh, of things going on, that there are certain aspects of American history and British history that is um, tainted with sinful behavior, even if it resulted in the betterment and the furtherment of uh, the things of the church and the things of the gospel. Mm. So certain means aren't always justified. All right. Well, let's go to the phones. I want to talk to uh, Lee calling from Illinois. Uh, what do you think of all this, Lee? It says up here that uh, you think that Romans 13 is saying something different. Well, no, I'm not saying it says something different, but uh, what I'm saying is uh, it also says in the, in the uh, Scripture that you're not supposed to pervert justice by accepting bribery, and we've got... Uh, We've got uh, special interest groups that send lobbyists to Washington D.C. to spend money on congressmen and senators to buy a vote, yeah. which which might not be what the American people are, are, are want. And we got the House of Representatives, which is supposed to be the American people's voice in Washington D.C., who are supposed to be representing the people. And if, if the people are saying we don't want something, and the special interest groups are are, are paying money for um, to buy votes. Yeah, I am with you on that. I totally believe that happens, all right? I, I'm with you on that. But my question to you, Lee, is this. Does that give us the right to civilly disobey? And if uh, it comes down to it, to, to raise arms? I wouldn't say to raise arms, but I do believe that. But, you know, if, if this question, uh, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but if this were happening 150 years ago, there'd be no question about raising arms. Right. Now, I'm not advocating that, okay? Believe me, I'm not advocating raising arms. I'm just saying that America has kind of come to this place 
in our history where we were very pacifistic and we're kind of like, let's all get along. Uh, but, uh, you know, what's happening in our country right now, um, we are really moving from a, a, a democratic republic to a socialistic, communistic, um, almost way of governing. Yeah, and I, I, I agree 110% with that. And I believe that. that now, we, we, we raised arms for a whole lot less than that in the past. Right. Now, as Christians, should we do that? That, that? That's the question I'm asking, at least according to Romans 13, when it says that, that God raises up. So, you know what that means? Now, if we take this scripture, okay, and we like to, uh, you know, you and I who are Bible thumpers, I'm a Bible thumper, and I believe the Bible is 100% true. I don't think it's to be interpreted allegorically. I think it's to be interpreted, you know, as it says. It says that every governing authority is established by God. That even means Obama is established by God. He would not be the president of the United States unless God authorized it and allowed it. I'm going to put you on hold. I want to talk to you on the other side. I need an answer, okay? All right. All right. We got to take a quick break. Phone number is 1-800-955-8200. You're listening to Sons of Adam. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Lines are lit up. It's about expanding your church's ministry through the airwaves. And it's about incorporating new media into the mix. And it's also about an hour and a half. It's our next Lunch and Learn on May 20th from 1130 to 1. We provide the lunch and you learn what KGNW can do for you. Church pastors, leaders, and decision makers are invited to RSVP by calling us at 206-443-8200. Again, that's Thursday, May 20th at 1130. And did I mention? It's free. Call 206-443-8200 and we look forward to seeing you. I wasn't born to pace myself. I was born to push my limits, to protect America and help people in times of need. I was born to balance my job, my duties, and my family. If you were born ready to lead, to protect, to uphold the law, then you're ready to serve in the United States Coast Guard Reserve. Born ready. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to find a recruiter in Seattle. Sponsored by the United States Coast Guard in cooperation with the Washington State Broadcasters Association and this station. Every four years, something remarkable happens in America. Something that other countries in the world are in awe of. Something that's occurred uninterrupted for more than 200 years. And every day, something equally remarkable happens. All across America, young men turning 18 show they take their responsibilities seriously and register with selective service. No, there may not be any televised debates or inaugural parades. But young men who stand up and register are every bit as important to the fabric of our democracy. By registering, young men acknowledge their availability for their country in a dire national emergency. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not. If you're a man turning 18, show your true colors. Register with Selective Service at sss.gov or go to the post office. It's quick. It's easy. It's the law. Good morning, Rick Russell. How are you on this beautiful day? You're all chipper this morning, Don. Well, why shouldn't I be? It's a very special day. Really? Why yeah. is that? Yeah, come on, Rick. You don't have to play games with me. You know what today is. Uh, you forgot again. It's my birthday. My birthday, I, Rick. No parties for me. No fun. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. I give up. You people are bad people. Well, that was unfortunate. 
Today's life word is birthday. Birthdays are special, aren't they? Everyone has his own special day each year. But let me ask you, do you also have a spiritual birthday? Can you point back to a time when you gave your life to Christ? That really is the most important day in your life. And another thing. What? For me? Oh, y'all shouldn't have done that. Call for our free booklet, Life Check, 1-800-943-WORD. It'll help you understand how great it is to be born again. For birthday boy Don Parrish, I'm Rick Russell. This is LifeWord. I love you people so much. In West Africa, LifeWord is heard in Igbo, Yoruba, Kron, and six other languages. Yes. Come on. Who's what song is this? You guys got it? Here it goes. Yeah, sweet emotion. Great tune. Great tune. Hey, we were talking uh, during the break. I have uh, Cliff Williams joining me in studio and he has a talk show immediately after me every Saturday night. And you brought up a great example. You brought up Bonhoeffer, which we all love Bonhoeffer. I mean, talk about a historian and, uh, you know, a a guy in the church that we all love and and love his teaching and his theology and everything else. And uh, you brought up the whole Valkyrie situation, that he was one of the theologians that was behind the group that tried to overthrow Hitler, not only overthrow him, but to kill him. Yeah. Now, if you didn't see the movie Valkyrie, I, you know, it's a great flick, um, and the story is awesome. You got a group of guys during World War II that decide, you know, this guy's got to go. Hitler is going to destroy our country. Uh, not only that, what he's doing is evil. You know, he's killing yeah. off all these Jews and everybody else, and he's got to go. And uh, you know, he is a governing authority. Yeah. And yet they decide to create a plot to not only overthrow him but to assassinate him. It doesn't work, you know, but yeah, they were in it. Yeah. And Bonhoeffer was the theologian behind it. Yep. Is that okay? He was a pacifist. He started out as a pacifist. Too, yeah. But he saw the wickedness of Hitler. Well, that's kind of a key thing that I want to focus in on tonight, guys. And we've got to, we've got to draw this out here, okay? Because there is an answer to this question, yes. and I'm hoping that we're going to get to it. Uh, phone number is one 800 The phone lines are jammed right now, so don't even try calling in. As soon as somebody hangs up, you can call in. Uh, Jonathan, you still with me? Yes. All right. Now, I don't want you to give it away yet because I know you're smart enough to answer this question. You're like a bright guy, okay? But I want to get back to the phones and uh, talk to Lee. Uh, Lee, you still with me? Yes, sir. Okay. So given my question before we had to take a break, where are you at on all this? Um, yeah, I do believe that uh, as Christians, we we do have the right to uh, raise up arms against against the government because, you know, I mean, it's it's you know, when uh, God's chosen people were oppressed, He sent somebody to to um, end the oppression, and that's exactly what what it seems like is going on today. Is we got a government that's trying to oppress the American people by. Um, forcing stuff down our throat. Nancy Pelosi has come out and said uh, 
they're going to pass as hell. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. There is no doubt that the Senate, the Congress, Nancy Pelosi, Reid, the president, they are going to do whatever it takes. All right. Whatever it takes to pass this bill. Now, right. that, that means, you know, offering people billions of dollars and paybacks or whatever it is. They, you know, even if it's unconstitutional, which it seems that this bill, the way they're going about it, it is unconstitutional. It's never been done this way before. Um, you've never had, uh, I mean, the Constitution says that a bill has to be passed by both the House and the Senate, brought to the president, okay, and then he signs it off. This is a bill that was not passed, passed by the House. It's something that was passed by the Senate. And then the House is going to do like a retro passing of it after the president signs it to say, yeah, we'll change a little bit of it, and then we'll sign the the bill, and it'll all be okay. It's never been done before, at least as far as I know. That is, you know, that that's not constitutional. But, you know, I, I guess today the Constitution is a living and breathing document, and it doesn't matter what it says. We're just going to do whatever we want to do. And, hey, Lee, I appreciate you calling so much tonight. God bless. All right. All right you take you. care. Let's go uh, to, uh, we have a state legislature, legislator calling from uh, Montana. Uh, how you doing? Doing well, thank Your you. Your name is Joel? Yes. What's the last name, Joel? Give yourself a, a little bit of a pitch here. Joel Bonnick. Joel Bonnick. Now, are you in Montana or are you in Utah? I'm in Montana. Okay, well, whereabouts in Montana? I live in the Livingston area, just north of Yellowstone Park. Oh, beautiful area. Oh, I love fly fishing over there. Yes, uh, what we need to realize here that we are not governed by men, and um, the Congress is um, not the leaders, but we are, we're, governed, we are governed by laws, not by men. And so the chief executive, the president, is not our ruler. He is our servant. And okay. so he is, it's his job to carry out wishes of the, the Congress when they make laws pursuant to the Constitution because we are governed by laws, not by men. And so right now, what what about the Congress? What is it? What is their job? Is it to represent their people or is it sometimes to overrule their people if what they're doing is the best for the country? Well, um, we they have they can only make laws pursuant to the Constitution. Anything they do outside of the rule of law of the Constitution is null and void. Okay, And so therefore, it does. So why are they doing this? If they know that, I don't get it. I mean, do they think that they're going to win uh, the Supreme Court? And so. Uh, you know, they're going to be able to pass this thing or what? I mean, well, if it's if it's that blatant that it is, you know, anti-Constitution, um, why would they be going ahead with it? Because it's not about rule of law. It's about rule of power. And it's all despotic. And it's up to the people who are referees to rein them in and, and the states to rein them in. If they don't do that, then it, they will do whatever they want. See, well, there's a parallel here. If the mafia moves in your neighborhood and sets up a protection racket, they are the power, but they're not duly constituted. And the Congress can do the same thing. And if they do, it's the job of the people who have the sovereign rights from God to rule themselves. They must rein it in. And how do we do that? Well, uh, what we're doing in many of the states is we're going through state legislatures to uh, nullify federal legislation that is entirely unconstitutional. Good. So I, I saw a thing tonight where there's a number of states that are already file, getting ready to file suit on this thing. Is that what you're uh, talking yeah, about? Well, well, that's one way of doing it. I'd rather do it just to the legislatures and say, not in my state, and then they can't do it. Can they do it. that? Absolutely. No, th- then that's we're going to come down to a constitutional thing, whether or not the federal government overrules the state government. 
Well, we already know what the answer to that is. There's no question about it. Yeah, All the uh, powers not delegated to the federal government are in a So it is right now. What happens state? when the president signs an executive order or the Senate, you know, passes the bill and we go through the whole same thing again where all of a sudden the federal government says, you know, it doesn't matter what the states want, we're going to do it anyways. And this is going to be the law of the land. And you're not going to get a single dollar from the federal government unless you do what we say. He's usurping power, and the question is, are the people going to stand for it or will they sit past it? I guess that, I mean, that's the question I'm asking. You know, Joel, I'm, that's, what, that's what I'm asking well, is like, how far does this go? Well, I like that we have such a system that has so many checks and balances. Yeah, And these I checks agree. and balances, well, you know, we can, we can get rid of that president. We can vote him out. There's a variety of things as these states stand up and do the right thing. As people cry out, we're, we're putting the system to a test right now. Will the Constitution stand? Can we work these things out? You know, I know people are running for office that never ran for office. Bob is running for office. My mother is running for the Senate. Uh, my brother's running for um, was a councilman in the city. There are people who have never been involved. They're getting involved, and they're, said, they're saying enough is enough. And so it's neat. There's this upheaval. Mm-hmm. And I believe we're going to see if the system is going to work. This is going to be an amazing test. It's very exciting, yes. Now, yes, you're, you're, you're in the process. I mean, you are a uh, state legislator. Um, sure. what, what is your hope? or not, I shouldn't say hope because I, I think I know what your hope is. But what is your uh, Uh, What is your feeling? What's going to happen? Well, um, I won't make any predictions, but I can tell you right now that uh, the Montana Farms Freedom Act that we passed in the state legislature that I sponsored is now passed in five states and being worked on 25 to 31 other ones right now. And it's just the tip of the iceberg to nullify federal legislation. Because, I mean, you're looking at as well in the state of Montana, which a huge part of your industry is fishing and wildlife and game. You've got the federal government coming in and taking control over all federal lands and state lands and passing these laws you can't fish in certain creeks and rivers and oceans and sounds and everything else. Um, you know, that, that's a huge infringement upon state rights. Well, mostly uh, we manage our own fishing game in this state, but um, you know, those are, there are many areas to address, and uh, we're starting out with certain ones. And um, one of them, you know, will, will be like other states are doing, will be the health care and um, cap and tax. And those so if this, if this law is passed tomorrow, all right, what is the, uh, the legislature of Montana going to do? Well, there's some of us that will introduce legislation to say not in Montana. Good. And is it going to pass? <clears throat> um, if we get enough legislators in there that have courage and conviction, it will, yes. Moving to Montana. You know, and we've, we've and, already done it with the real ID and Montana Farms Freedom Act. Okay. You know, I I hope the best for you guys. You know, I live in uh, Seattle, Washington, which is uh, there's never been a single person I've ever voted for that's won. Ever. You know, I, I I'm 47 years old. I've been voting for, voting for a lot of years. No one has ever won here. It seems like you know it's never going to happen. And it it's it, it, it's getting discouraging. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And and then we have all these town halls. You know, we have all these meetings where the people show up. We have the Tea Party, which is millions of people. We have, you know, it was something like uh, 100,000 people calling into the White House, into the switchboard this week, every hour. 100,000 people calling in. You can guarantee that all these people are going to vote this fall, though. Well, I I know they're going to vote, but, you know, it just seems like, doggone it, you know? 
is it ever going to make a difference? Or are we just going to have, you know, the, this this rule of law or this rule, you know, this hierarchy that says we're going to do whatever we want to do? Hey, I appreciate you calling very much. I, I, I wish you nothing but the best. Great, thanks. All right, God bless. Phone number is 1-800-955-8200. That's toll-free, 1-800-955-8200. You're listening to Sons of Adam. We'll be right back. Don't go away. There's a storm gathering. The clouds are dark and the winds are strong. And I am afraid. Some who advocate for same-sex marriage have taken the issue far beyond same-sex couples. They want to bring the issue into my life. My freedom will be taken away. I'm a California doctor who must choose between my faith and my job. I'm part of a New Jersey church group punished by the government because we can't support same-sex marriage. I'm a Massachusetts parent helplessly watching public schools teach my son that gay marriage is okay. But some who advocate for same-sex marriage have not been content with same-sex couples living as they wish. Those advocates want to change the way I live. I will have no choice. The storm is coming. But we have hope. A rainbow coalition of people of every creed and color are coming together in love to protect marriage. Visit nationformarriage.org. Nationformarriage.org. Join us. a lot of my childhood and it was assumed that while I would go to college I would have to pay for it myself. Charlie didn't know how to get the money she needed for college. My mother worked in college administration and she knew about federal student aid. When I received my acceptance letter I ran into the house waving the papers like yelling like I got it I got it I got it I got it I got it. Federal student aid made college and achieving her dreams possible for Charlie. I don't think I quite realized what a huge deal actually graduating was. And that didn't hit home to me until commencement day. Federal student aid definitely made that happen. Need help paying for college? Go to federalstudentaid.ed.gov, an office of the U.S. Department of Education. Start here, go further. My name is Charlie, and this is my story. All right, welcome back to the Sons of Adam. My name is Leif Moy. I am your host. Tonight we are talking about civil disobedience and uh, whether or not, I mean, as, as a Christian, and I know there's lots of interpretations of Christian, okay? I get it. I'm talking about uh, not, you know, because you're born in America, you're a Christian, which if that's what you believe, I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, I guess I'm talking about people that believe the Bible is the word of God because, you know, as I open the program, I'm going to read it again because I know that there's a lot of you that have just tuned in and didn't hear this part. This is found in the book of Romans. If you have your Bible, uh, turn to it. You know, if you can't turn to it, just write it down and go read it uh, a little bit later on. Uh, Romans chapter 13, it says, everyone, and I think that means everyone. That doesn't mean just some people. It means everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there is no, that's a very interesting word, no. There is no authority except that which God has established. 
The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment upon themselves. What in the world does that mean? You know, you think of somebody like uh, Martin Luther King. He was rebelling against the government. He was rebelling against the governing authorities. He saw something that was uh, not right in our country, and he was standing up against it. It was peaceful, but they were marching and protesting and, you know, rebelling. Uh, we look at the Civil War. That was a rebellion. We look at the Revolutionary War against England. That was a rebellion. You know, the pacifists use this verse and say we should just kind of go along with it. You know, um, I was thinking about this. Has there ever been a greater persecution against the church other than that was, that was done in the first century when Nero was like burning Christians? He was using them as, as torches for his garden. Okay, he was taking Christians putting, you know, pine sap and stuff on them and lighting them on fire and using them to light his gardens at night. That's pretty gnarly. Um, and yet you didn't have a big revolt amongst all the Christians in that time. What'd they do? They just continued to love people and to share the gospel with people. They could have revolted. You know, they could have marched in the streets of Rome and in all the different providences of Rome, they didn't. I am asking today in America, because I know this goes against everything that is American. We are rugged individualists. We have fought our way. We have built this nation out of nothing. We, we conquered this continent. We have fought back everybody from every single war. The only war that we didn't do so good was Vietnam. Other than that, we've kind of kicked butt. All the way around the world. And I, you know, I understand that as an American, my first instinct is to kick butt. And when somebody gets in my face and they want to take my rights away from me, I want to rise up and, you know, fight back. As a Christian, I'm asking, is that really the right thing to do? Leaf, did you know that Hitler referenced this scripture right here often? Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah, he referenced this often. To, to support, you bet. to get people to, to, to be pacifistic, was, to listen to him. To ensure the church wouldn't do anything. So he would remind people. And so now they made laws that were unjust laws, especially against Jewish people, even yep. to the point of annihilating them. And so, But the, they annihilated Christians. Absolutely. And so the point is, in this case, he used that particularly so he could keep people in check. So he got people in that culture to agree with the law that was unjust right. now, I know to the, I know persecute the, the Jews. Says, right. I, I know Scripture says, uh, Cliff, that we are to fight for the unjust. You know, Amen. Uh, we are to fight for those who cannot defend themselves. Amen. All right. Um, you know, if, if I'm walking down the street and I see some guy beating up some woman, believe me, I'm not going to sit back and say, well, I'm just going to pray for that guy. Absolutely. That's okay, right, I'm going right to go over and, you know, whoop some ass. Yeah. I don't know if I can say that on air. I just did. You can bleep it out. <laughs> whip his donkey. Okay, That's I'm, what it means. Whip, whip his something. donkey. Yeah, I'm going to whoop something. Okay, Whip I, his donkey. I, yeah, exactly. I'm not just going to sit back passively and pray for him. Okay, I get that. But what if the persecution is coming against us? Is that different? Absolutely. Okay. Jonathan, where do you stand on all this? 
Hey, sorry, sorry. I was, <laughs> what were you doing? Eating. <laughs> brother just came back in. I was like, brother, I'm on radio. I'm on radio. <laughs> <laughs> and I got away with it, and now it's all blown. All right. Well, that's all right. We're going to go back to the phones, and the phone number is 1-800-955-8200. That's toll-free, 1-800-955-8200. like to know what you think about all this. You know, I'm, uh, I'm not just trying to create controversy I, I truly am trying to wrestle through this um i want to know what to do I, I know i can vote and i do vote but i'm getting frustrated with just voting because it doesn't seem like at least in my area of the world where i live seattle uh my vote counts leave for governor yeah right. leave for governor oh yeah first time <laughs> your vote will count real well hey ann from burian how you doing aaron you're calling on kgnw yeah i'm just great how are you doing doing good um my comment is that um, God, all, God states in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. If the government forces us to pay for murder, which is abortion with our tax money, then they're forcing us to disobey God's law, and we have to put God above man. Now, I like that, Ann. I like that, because I can go back in Scripture, and I can see, like Peter, for instance, okay? You know, he, he stood before uh, King Herod, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was King Herod. Maybe it wasn't Herod. Well, who was it? Was it Herod? No, it was uh, um, uh, Agrippa. He stood before Agrippa, and uh, he, you know they were telling him, "You got to quit preaching the gospel." Yeah. Okay. You got to you got to stop telling people about Jesus. And and what did he say? He said, "Whom shall I obey, God or man?" Exactly. Now the governing authority was telling him not to do something that his own conscience and scripture was telling him contrary and he disobeyed. So, mm-hmm. so let let's look at this whole thing in regards to the the health care bill. Uh mm-hmm. it seems to me that the latest one that's being passed uh does have within it federal funding for abortion. I mean, we're looking at I think I think I heard today. I may be wrong, but I think I heard that that the president is even going to sign an executive order that overturns the past 20, 30 years of no federal funding for abortions. That's right. As far as I know, he is. Now, does that mean that at that point we rise up and we say enough is enough? I think I think that that justifies doing something. I, I can't say whether we should have a revolution. I don't know if that's the right thing, but well, I mean, I mean, just just technologically, okay, a revolution as far as guns is concerned, that that that's like there's no way that's going to happen, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's kind of silly. So you got yourself a bunker, you bury yourself in the ground, you got your AK-47 and you know your nine millimeter and a couple <laughs> shotguns, and uh, you know they they they've got night vision, they can see you under the ground, and you know I mean that, that it's just silly to think that that would even do anything, okay? And and to be honest with you. If some guy comes to my property, my house, and he wants to collect taxes, I'm not going to shoot him. I mean, come on. Okay? Come on. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, I'd rather die first, to be honest with you. I'd rather die first than to shoot somebody over taxes or something like that. Um, I just, I, as a Christian, I just couldn't do that. Uh, now, if they were coming they to take my kids away, you know, maybe that's a different story. I don't know for sure. I'm still kind of wrestling through all of this. Um, you but, know, they are they are but, forcing us to by by taking our money, uh, our tax money for abortion. So, what are we all going to do? Stop paying our taxes? That's that's 
And then what happens? I am not saying that. But I, I mean, I don't, if there's anything I don't, that people are afraid of, it's the IRS. Yeah, I know. You know? So I'm just bringing this point up because it, it's a great it, point, and it's a great point. It, it fits into your to your question. Yeah, no, I think it's a great point, and I think that's something that we need to discuss and talk about. You know, right. uh, if our money's going to be used to fund, you know, uh, something that we, as believers, believe that life begins at conception. And I think that from Scripture, we can, you know, we can certainly defend that issue. When we pay our taxes, we are sinning. If it's going, well, yes. Well, yeah, I think that's a... And uh, I appreciate your call. Call again sometime. All right, go ahead, Jonathan. Hey. So, uh, love, interest, and calls that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that the lady was on the right lines as far as... Uh, you know, there are times when uh, we are called to break God's law, and in the book of Acts... To break God's law? Yes, there are times when the government wants us to do so, but uh, we have to make sure that we obey the law insofar as it is uh, in keeping with God's law. But when it begins to break God's law, then at that point... We must show some form of protest because right, the Bible so, says so, it's better to obey yeah. God than man. Yes, I agree. So let's take this, for instance, okay, this health care bill. Right. Um, it is very likely that within it, uh, federal funding for abortion, and it's not just for the sake of, uh, you know, the welfare of the mother if, if her life is in danger or, uh, you know, if the baby, uh, it, you know, is going to I – th- I think it's only for rape. And if the mother's life is in danger, I think that's the only two things that under the current bill, the current way it is that there's funding for abortion. Let's say that uh, the new law is that we're going to provide federal funding for anybody at any time within their pregnancy. Uh, because to be honest with you, that's, that's what it is. I mean, they may say no early term abortions, but it happens all the time. Okay. Uh, that the, the law of the land becomes every tax dollar, there's a certain percentage of it that goes towards providing federal funding for women and men, you know, because men are a big part of this decision as well, uh, to end a, end a pregnancy. What do we do? Right. Do we stop paying taxes? No, you, you still pay your taxes, but when uh, re-election comes, you vote for... But what if the re-election of- never changes anything, Jonathan? That, I guess that's what? kind of what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's an or if even if you do re-elect, then the government just does something to overturn that and go beyond that. What do we do? Phone number is 1-800-955-8200. You are listening to Sons of Adam. we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Sons of Adam. My name is Leaf Moy, and I'll be here for the next two uh, next hour talking about what's on my mind and hearing from you about what is on your mind. Phone number is one 800 
855-8200. That's toll-free, 1-800-955-8200. We are talking about civil disobedience tonight. And I, you know, I just got fired up. I listen uh, and I watch Glenn Beck every day, and maybe he's the instigator of this whole thing. Uh, you know, listen to talk radio, read the newspaper, and it just seems that it doesn't matter what the will of the people is. They're going to do whatever they want to. That we've even come up with this scheme that, uh, you know, it seems to me, at least from what I've heard, it require, in order for a bill to pass, it's got to pass the House and the Senate. And once it passes the House and the Senate, then it goes to the president and the president signs it. Or, you know, he does a line item veto or whatever, and he changes it. But that's not the way it's going to work now because we want so badly to, uh, you know, pass this health care bill that we're taking something that the Senate voted on, what, a month, month and a half, two months ago? And we're going to send that to the president, and the Congress is going to, uh, you know, kind of, change things afterwards and approve of it which doesn't seem constitutional to me um you know we got a sixth of our economy going to this thing we're looking at forced payment you know you got to buy health care if not the irs is going to come after you uh federal funding for abortion And so I'm asking the question, at least given Romans 13, where it talks about, you know, as believers, we're supposed to submit to governing authority. And if we rebel against them, then we're rebelling against God. And how does all that fit into this whole thing? Because I'm hearing people talking about, you know, raising arms. We had 150 people gathered together in uh, uh, Kenai, Alaska, and Sarah Palin talked about it tonight. And you know, they're talking about an armed resistance. And, you know, I remember the whole Y2K thing. And people were, uh, you know, saving up food. And they were going to go live in the mountains. And somehow, <laughs> somehow think that, you know, uh, the black helicopters weren't going to find them. I mean, come on. Of course they're going to find you. You give off heat. You know, you can paint yourself black and put tar and pitch and everything else and dig a hole. They're still going to find you. You know, they put one little smart bomb and the whole, you know, commune is gone. But we're, we're going to fight back. But there are two aspects of this. There's yeah. one Cliff, that, of, this of the is law. Cliff Williams jumping in here. Hi. Cliff is uh, a talk show host, host here at KGN. I just can't shut up. Right that, hey, go jump <laughs> in, man. You know, I said this is like a dog fight here. You just got to jump yeah. in. And you have a portion of this. Yeah, so it's just it, there's a portion that is immoral. We cannot stand with it. That's the abortion side. The rest of it is we think is is wrong and we don't like it. And we think that and on another level that they're not following the Constitution. They're not following the law. They're playing games. Right. And so as, as a Christian, we're just first looking at, okay, we can't stand with anything that's immoral, that cuts against the grain. And we will not stand up for unjust against the un unjust or yep. injustice against the unborn. Yep. And that's not going to happen. Us as Christians will not support that. And we'll, how that manifests itself, I'm not sure, but I'm sure there'll probably be something about some sort of tax revolt. That will truly be a new Tea Party. It'll be over the abortion issue. I'm, I'm convinced that that will be the act. If they enact that, there will be a massive upheaval, and we will vote in new people, and we'll have our way in the end. I believe we will, because we as Christians and other people will not stand for it. Do you really, but on the other, do you we don't really we know what— that, though, Cliff? Oh, I absolutely believe that. Really? Absolutely, because I see it right now, even now. 
because we're talking, right? But but we're only talking about what maybe a, a a quarter of the country that will actually maybe not even that much will actually do what you're saying. I think when it comes down to to be honest with you, we don't like it in our heart, okay? But I can't even get churches, okay, to uh, you know put together a fund to take care of unwed mothers. All right, so I, know. I think when it comes down to the tax man getting ready to shut down their business and take their homes and their cars and their investments. Now, the church will not be the leaders. You're right. The church will not be the leaders. I'm talking about Christians when it comes time for them to take their 401k away and to put levies on their home Mm -hmm. and everything out, their businesses. People are not going to stand against the tax man. There's no way. That's right. But the Church of Hebrews, that it talks about how they got their things confiscated and they went and they stood with other people that had their things stolen. You'll be part of that and I'll be part of it. And we'll be doing radio from the inside. And that's okay. Yeah, if indeed it comes to that. It um, may. But it's, I don't think it's as bleak as we sometimes uh, imagine. Um, I think what we have to be careful of here is not to have an alarmist uh, attitude. Uh, of not attitude, um, uh, an inclination, like all of a sudden we have this, this fear that we're going to lose some of our personal rights. And yes, it could happen. But, um, but 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 Jonathan, I have to say that it is happening. Yes, but to to what point? I mean, we can still to, do what to we the do point that this yeah. president has established more, um, you know, uh, executive orders than any other president in history. You know, he's yes. passing laws that don't go through the House or the or the Senate. Um, we're talking about passing a law that is unconstitutional. Um, right. I mean, how much? You know, he, he's talking about creating a. Uh, a private military, a private police force, right? I, okay, I that that is that. you know that is equipped and as well funded as the military. I mean, these are things that you know we hear whether or not it's going to happen or not. I don't know, but right. you know we've gone. We, we are moving. We are moving. We've got we've got communists and socialists in government today that are you know influencing the direction of this country. That, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, there's no way that would have happened. Um, And I'm not trying to be alarmist. I'm not an alarmist kind of guy. Okay, I'm pretty mellow when it comes to this stuff. I've always been kind of, you know, uh, just, you know, I love God. I love the scripture. I love the gospel. I'm going to preach the word. Um, But there's a part of me as well as a citizen of this country that I'm just going, okay, well, you know, what if I don't say something or do something? Where's it going to end? Yes, and this is why we look forward to a new heavens and a new earth when dwells righteousness. Now, does that not mean uh, that we can't achieve uh, political victories in this life? No, we can. We, we can have that expectation, and we petition the government. We make our voice known. We, we even enter the government when we can with our Christian worldview, and we, we seek to see a government that best represents Judeo-Christian philosophy. So were you uh, listening so, a little bit earlier in the show when we were talking about Valkyrie and Bonhoeffer yes. and stuff? Yeah, Bonhoeffer, yes. All right. Yes. Now, that's a situation where the government, you know, I mean, everything they were doing at the time, at least the people thought in Germany, Hitler was trying to rebuild the nation and take care of the people. And, you know, at least for the first part of it, everything he did was benefiting the German people. And legal. It, it sounded really good. But there came a point where, you know, I, I like Bonhoeffer. I think Bonhoeffer's pretty solid. 
Yeah, um, and I think I think that that what the guys did in Valkyrie, I think that was honorable, don't you? Um, as as it was discussed previously about him trying to uh, trying to kill Hitler, yeah, plot. trying to assassinate Hitler. Well, what he should have done, as I understand it, as I understand the story and as I understand scripture, he should have uh, joined the other side, so to speak. Not so much as a Trojan horse, but you know, renounce his citizenship with Germany and say. I'm standing against this evil. I renounce my citizenship. I think that would have been a more God-honoring way to to combat and to deal with the uh, evil dictatorship that was Hitler. All right, now um, I, can we I, go to war? I can kinda, we help somebody? Defend I somebody? I like that though. I do. There's a part oh, no, of me. No, no, yes, I mean you may not like it, um, and there may be a more pragmatic way of getting the job done. But we're first obligated to honor God and to worship God, and that's. That's the primary focus of all that we do, even if it's to our great inconvenience. And uh, Bonhoeffer, I, I honor him as a, as a mighty man of God. He did have some questionable theology at times when it came to ecclesiology, some areas of justification by faith alone, some question marks over that at times. But overall, he was a solid Christian man. And maybe if I was in his situation, I might have responded the exact same way. But we're speaking in ideals here. We're saying, scripturally, if we were to live to the glory of God to the best of our ability, what would it look like? Yeah. And that's why we need to think in these categories as well. Yep, I agree. I agree. And, and, and you know, to be honest with you, Jonathan, I, I, I like what you're saying, too. I, I like what you're saying, too. What's going on? I'm hearing a lot of feedback. What's going on? I'm hearing a lot of feedback. All right, you got to turn your radio off there, uh, Janice. You still with me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can't be listening to your radio because then I'm okay. hearing feedback. So, uh, what do you think of all this? Well, uh, I'm concerned, just like everyone, and um, and and I don't really like to think that I would have to denounce my citizenship because then that would take away my voting right, and I want to vote. All right, I got to put you on hold. You hang with me. We'll be right back. Phone number is one eight hundred nine five five eighty two hundred. You're listening to Sons of Adam. Don't go away. After I came home from the war, I lost everything. <laughs> my job, my family. But this place, this is where I started to put my life back together. A few weeks ago, my husband of 47 years had a stroke. I'm staying here in this room while he recovers. Without this place, I don't know what I'd do. At Volunteers of America, we envision a world where everyone has a place to call home. Twelve years my family lived in that house. Then it was gone, washed away in a flood. We were on the street. The day we came here, that's when I knew we could make it. But it's not just about having a place to call home. It's about improving lives. Through our programs and support, our promise and hope, we work so that no one will be left behind. After all, who are we as a society if we don't help those who need it the most? To help strengthen your community, visit volunteersofamerica.org. When I first decided to go back, I was a little scared because I was older. My mom sat me down and she told me that it's not my job to be the man of the house. Her dream for me is to go back to school and finish what I started. I needed to hear that. Jared didn't know how to get the money he needed for college. I found out about the federal student aid program through my English teacher, and she told me, Jared, this is what you need to do. Once I got the form, I filled out the application. I did it myself. 
federal student aid made college and Jared's dreams possible. When I first had the news that I received money, I ran downstairs and I showed my mother and she was happy so she started crying. But when I saw her crying, I started crying. Need help paying for college? Go to federalstudentaid.ed.gov, an office of the U.S. Department of Education. Start here, go further. My name is Jared, and this is my story. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. With the introduction of the slaughter solution, otherwise known as the Deem Scheme, the Nancy Pelosi-led Congress has earned the title of the Kangaroo Congress of 2010. We all know that kangaroo courts dispense only a parody of justice, and now we see a Congress making a mockery of the Constitution's rules for passing laws. The Senate bill before the House is full of special deals and outrageous provisions. As a result, House members don't want to vote on it. So rather than start over and put together a bill that would command genuine bipartisan support, President Obama and Nancy Pelosi have agreed on this transparent trick, and the voters are outraged. We urge you to contact your congressman via the button at my website that says, Say No to Obamacare. My website address is HughHewitt.com. That's HughHewitt.com, and click on the Say No to Obamacare button in the upper right-hand corner. Please act today. If this legislation passes, it will change our country for the worse, and it will be very difficult to undo. I'm Hugh Hewitt. You know, I just, I think this is a, this is a complex issue. Uh, Cliff, you think it's pretty simple. I think it's complex. Um, you know, Jonathan uh, on the phone with me uh, from Boca Raton. Hey, Jonathan, real quickly, uh, tell us how people can get a hold of, uh, you know, what you do. And, and you're going to become a regular uh, blogger on uh, my website, which I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we're going to be able to steer people to... Uh, uh, your ministry. So, uh, what is yes. it again? Yes, it's uh, kingandservant.com. Kingandservant.com. And you're not a pacifist, right? No, no, by no means. Um, I mean, I strive to live by the Sermon on the Mount within that context of interpersonal relationships. Uh, but I believe in just war. I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe there are times we are to take up arms. But I don't believe this is a time when we should be doing anything of the start. In fact, we should be going forward with the gospel because the biggest weapon we have in our arsenal is the gospel. And through the power of the Spirit, bringing about conversion, we bring about persuasion. And if we can bring about persuasion, then we can see some influence in government. And I think that's the way God has designed it, and I think that's the way we should approach it. All right, let me ask, you a, weird, right let, now, let me ask you a weird question, all right? You're a, you're a British boy. Yes, I am indeed. Yes. And you live in this country. Yes. I mean, I, it's kind of hard to tell, but, uh, you know, I think your accent kind of gave it away a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, a few hundred years ago, um, some uh, peed off uh, Americans, or actually we weren't Americans at the time. Well, we were from North America. Uh, colonialists got together and said enough is enough, and uh, we uh, raised arms, and, uh, you know, we, we kicked you back to England. Not right. you, but, you know, your, your great-great-great-grandpa. Right, right. And I so was that a just thing to do, given the circumstances? Well, I think I mentioned earlier in the show that it was a mixed bag. Um, there was The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh, I think That's a awesome. great movie, by the way. It is. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's with every view, in my estimation. But, um, but I think uh, that's what we have in history. But ideally, uh, what I would have liked to have seen take place there is for them to... Uh, move away from those colonies, go into new land, 
and from that standpoint declare their independence, not kind of enjoy. So you mean give up the entire East Coast to the to the British? If it was theirs, yes. Unless it could be negotiated through peace. Sometimes you can negotiate territory through. But that means we had to. But that means they still had to go and kill all the Indians to take their land. Not necessarily. I mean, there are several records of peace treaties being made with Indians as well. Well, uh, at, 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 at the fa- <laughs> with a gun in their face. What's that? With a gun in their face. Yeah, they signed yeah, it, you know, but you had a gun pointed at their head. So we're back to the bad and the ugly. But, you know, <laughs> what, what should have and what, what actual hap- actually happened. And uh, so we have to keep those two ideas in mind <laughs> as we talk about this. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly the case. That yes. Not but hypothetically, could it have been possible for them to make peace treaties with the Indians, which there are a couple of examples in history of that taking place, um, and then sort the independence from that vantage point? I think that would have been a far more cleaner way of, of doing business, so to speak. Uh, but history hasn't recorded that way. Um, God didn't decree it that way. And uh, we're never going to have anybody or any nation 100% do the right thing. There's always going to be a mixture because of our fallen state. Even as Christians, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to make misjudgments, and we're going to at times have incorrect uh, theology when it comes to applying uh, this stuff uh, to the government. So, Well, I just want to give a quick plug for next week, all right? Uh, I, I hate to interrupt you, but next weekend, next Saturday... Uh, we're going to be doing a show, and I know this is like so off topic, but I can't help it. Uh, we're going to be doing a show called uh, Finding God in Guinness. Guinness really? beer, by the way, yes. Uh, hopefully I'm going to have the author of the book on uh, Finding God in Guinness, the beer that changed the world. And uh, we're going to be talking about how beer changed the world. Uh, hey, have, you had a, have you had a black monk before? I have not. I have not read that, no. No, so uh, we'll have to have you on as well if you want to talk about Guinness beer. Uh, let's get back to the phones to uh, Aunt, or excuse me, uh, Janice calling from uh, North Carolina. Hey, Janice, thanks for hanging hey on. There. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, do you remember what you were talking about before I uh, the the break yes, interrupted you? Okay. A uh, couple of things. For one thing, is I don't want to denounce my citizenship because I want to vote. Yes. And and I think that we, if they pass this law, I think the body of Christ will start praying. And I mean praying and repenting. Because the Word tells us that if we would pray and repent, God will heal our land. So that's the first thing we're going to have to do is the body of Christ. It's going to wake up the church because, you know, I mean, hey, what's happening, is, if it doesn't wake us up, then what will? So I just think that uh, our prayers and repent, that's going to be number one thing, the body of Christ, because when my tax dollars is going to be paying, they're going to be paying for abortion, then we better repent because those tax dollars represent our tax dollars too. So for one thing, we want to repent so when we stand before God, we're okay. The other thing is we want to vote. Now, the person we vote for uh, we want to put the right people in, but at the same time, this law, if it comes into effect in 2014, even if we put a Republican president in, can a Republican president, can our Republican Congress, 
can they repeal this law? I've heard it will be extremely difficult, extremely difficult, even if we have a Republican House, Senate, and President. Still extremely difficult. What can the people do then? What can we do? You know, because like I said, for, for me, for me as a Christian, I will have to pray and repent because my tax dollars, you see, would be going for abortion. So therefore, I guess you could write on your tax return. I mean, maybe, you know, you could write on your tax return, please don't use my money for this bill. And, you know, whether they do or don't, at least maybe you have a clear conscience. At least that way you've said, please don't do it. Okay, what about the people that may refuse to pay their taxes? They're going to go to jail. They're going to go to jail. Or they're going to lose their house or their business or whatever else because the IRS is going to be the one that, uh, you know, um, follows up on this. And they're talking about hiring thousands and thousands of Uh new IRS agents. Hey, Janice, I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, God bless. All right, good night. That leaves a open line at 1-800-955-8200. That's toll-free, 1-800-955-8200. Hey, guys, you know, what do you think of all this? You were, uh, Bob, you still have the Constitution in your hand? Yeah, I do. Can you read it? Well, I was reading the Declaration of Independence. Get, get real close to the microphone there. I was reading the Declaration of yes. Independence. Read it out loud. I'm going to try to here, but I don't have my glasses, and it's okay. small writing, so here we go. Okay, you got to go. Here we go. When in in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the – here we go – and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and – of nature's God entitled them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which imperil them to the separatism to the separation okay I'm, you, you I'm having to hold this far I need my you me to continue yeah, I gotta, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead go ahead sorry yeah. about that yeah. it says Um, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with a certain unalienable rights. We're going to move forward because we all are very familiar with with that portion of it. But here's the part that really we're talking about tonight. It says, prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. Yes. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're not saying just, you know, flippantly. We're talking about, you know, in terms of really about how abortion, this aspect of we don't like the bill. We think it's going to destroy our economy. We think it's going to do a lot of taking away our freedoms and things like this. And this really disturbs us. But the real issue for us is the moral issue. Can we participate in with tax money in this issue? So they're saying said, we don't tr- change governments for light and transient causes. It says, and accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evil evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing forms of government. And that's what we found. Mm-hmm. We are people that have been suffering more and more by the more regulations and more taxes, and we've been suffering under it. And here it's coming to a boiling point, and especially over the abortion issue. 
If they took this away, we'd hate the bill. We could see it was wrong on so many levels. Socialism, communism, yep. all these things has taken away our freedoms. But you know what? We would continue to suffer under it. Okay? It says, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, and that will be what this bill turns into, minus if we, we forget about the the issue of abortion. This bill will drive us to absolute despotism. Mm -hmm. It'll be directing every aspect of your life, taking away the inalienable rights that God gave us. This is where it leads to, and that's why you bring it up tonight, yes. I know. Yes. It says, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Remember, security of what? The inalienable rights. And the that's right. Such has mm. been the patient suffrage of these colonies. We'll yeah. stop there. That's beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah, it, it is. Well you know, written. It is so beautiful, and yet we live well in a state today where those words, you know, there's, there's people that think that that's not – that's no longer valuable for today. And that, those were those. That's a living document. It needs to be changed and adapted. And and you know we're we're, we're a more uh, uh, affluent or astute or you know we're we're far more educated. I today. think people are coming back to it though. Well, yeah. I Thank God so. for Obama. Phone number is one eight hundred. He's bringing us back. One eight hundred nine five five eighty two hundred. That's one eight hundred nine five five eighty two hundred. You have a comment? You have a question? Give us a call. We'll be right back. Want to lower the cost of doing business? Reduce email storage and get compliant. Barracuda Networks can help. The Barracuda Message Archiver is an integrated hardware and software solution that indexes and preserves all email communication and attachments. With no per-user fees and a quick setup, the Barracuda Message Archiver is the best solution for reducing the cost of email storage while ensuring government and litigation compliance. Powerful yet affordable security, networking, and storage solutions trusted by more than 80,000 businesses worldwide. Call 888-ANTI-SPAM for your free evaluation unit. 888-ANTI-SPAM. Or visit Barracuda.com. A friend needs your ear. A family member needs prayer. You need solid biblical values to find peace. That's why you need KGNW.com. Sign up to receive any of our free daily devotionals to bring some sanity back into your hectic lifestyle. Sign up now and you're automatically registered in our contest where you can win one of 100 prizes, including a 52-inch LCD TV, iPods, Dell Minis, and more. Keep your life in balance with KGNW.com. She was a fighter, and not even the onslaught of birth defects, devastating her heart, lungs, and other vital organs could stop her from clutching onto life for one precious half hour. It wasn't long, but it was long enough for her family to hold her close and tell her many, many times how so very much she was loved. On September 28, 2008, Kevin and Sherry Bloomberg welcomed their firstborn child, Tessa Joy, into the world. They were both unemployed and could not afford the cost of a simple granite marker to honor the life that so profoundly touched theirs. And then they heard about the Tears Foundation. They applied for assistance and were quickly granted $500 from Tears to buy their daughter a grave marker. I'm Sherry Bloomberg, and because of the Tears Foundation, Tessa Joy has a permanent reminder that she lived and mattered and will always be remembered. Please visit thetearsfoundation.org. Tears can't take away the pain of losing a newborn, but they can make it a little more bearable. Visit thetearsfoundation.org. Thank you. If you want to know how to demonstrate God's wisdom, then learn from Joseph and today's Bible Minute. Pharaoh said to Joseph, verse 39, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. 
You know, Joseph was only 30 years old when God engineered his rise from prison to second in command of the Egyptian kingdom. And this came as a result of the divine wisdom, folks, that was revealed to Joseph and faithfully communicated to Pharaoh. You know, the best way to show the wisdom of God to others, simply tell others what the Word of God says. God's wisdom is the only wisdom that ultimately makes sense. For more about revealing God's wisdom, try today's study from BibleMinute.org. It's hillbilly time right here on the Sons of Adam. My name is Leif Moy. I'm your host. How you doing, Trev? Oh, I actually wasn't supposed to say your name, was I? No, it's fine. We're not going to talk about anything bad. Yeah. uh, (laughs) It's my son-in-law joining me in studio tonight, and uh, you're going to be joining me a lot more. Yes, I will. Yeah, we're talking about uh, you taking over, uh, well, um, building uh, men's groups and helping with that, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what you're going to do. And uh, Jonathan Gundry. Jonathan, you still there? I am. Yeah, you uh, you have a ministry. What's it called? Uh, uh, ICI Fellowship. Um, ICI Ministries is uh, a church and a missions program that um, I'm quite actively involved in. And your, and your website po- is? And uh, my website for my podcast is kingandservant.com, but you can also go to iciministries.org. ICI? Yes. Oh, that's easy. Yes, International Christian Institute, uh, ministry.org, and that will give you a good introduction to uh, the medical missions that we do and uh, the ICI Fellowship that is located here in Boca Raton, Florida. Very good. And also uh, Cliff Williams, who is uh, the host of uh, Strategies to Transform Transform Culture. Culture. And uh, uh, your show starts right after mine here in the Seattle area. So uh, those of you listening in Seattle would uh, encourage you to uh, continue to listen and uh, give uh, Cliff a call. Uh, we are talking tonight about civil disobedience, and uh, in particular as it relates to Romans 13, where uh, that scripture seems to be pretty clear that you know we are to submit ourselves to governing authorities and uh, that there is no authority except that which has been established by God, um, and that the authorities exist and uh, that... Uh, that if we rebel against them, um, then we're really rebelling, rebelling against God and his justice, you know, or his wrath or, you know, whatever's going to come upon us. And uh, asking the question, what does that now look like, given uh, the situation that we are in, um, in regards to this new health care bill, and people are talking about arms and getting their guns and you know, I mean, that's I think that's kind of alarmist and reactionary, most certainly. Uh, but at what point, you know, what does civil disobedience look like? Is what Dr. Martin Luther King did, was that acceptable? You know, uh, you know, he was fighting for uh, the justice of people who were being treated unjustly. And I think that is certainly a biblical principle. You know, we are to, to defend the defenseless, uh, but he did it in a peaceful means. Uh, you know, he, they certainly rallied and marched and, and uh, you know, got lots of people together and protested. But they weren't like, you know, shooting people and stuff. 
uh, nor, you know, hunkering down. And this whole idea that Christians are supposed to hunker down and, and isolate themselves, I just don't see it in Scripture. I just don't. You know, I don't get that. We're, we're, we're to be the light of the world. We're to be the salt of the world. We're to be the ones that are willing to share our faith, you know, whether things are good or bad, and to, you know, build a cabin out in the woods, although that kind of sounds appealing to me at times. I wouldn't mind building a cabin up in the mountains on a lake somewhere and just, you know, fly fish all day and and uh, hunt my own food. Uh, but that's not, you know, that's not what we're called to do. And so uh, uh, I just kind of throwing it out tonight. What does civil disobedience look like given our current uh, situation? Phone number is 1-800-955-8200. That's toll free, 1-800-955-8200. Let's go to Alan calling from uh, North Carolina, listening on The Truth. How are you doing, Alan? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Good, man. Appreciate you calling. Uh, yeah, I've uh, listened to you uh, for about a month and a half now. I uh, appreciate your program and, and uh, a lot of the content that you've uh, been having. Well, thank you. Uh, I enjoy doing the show. Okay, I'm not exactly sure, you know, you're looking for a specific question or comment. I guess my my thinking on this, of course, um, Nobody probably really would know what they're going to do personally unless they were actually confronted with the reality of, you know, say a more oppressive government than what we got. But I don't know. I'm just I just feel that we should adhere to the Constitution and uh, the founding fathers uh, set things up the way things are supposed to run and it's probably a million times outside of that right now well let me ask you this question now okay yeah because the world has changed yeah we no longer live in a world where nationalism was um well we don't live in a world where nationalism is acceptable we live in a global economy a global world and to be nationalistic and separatistic and to only think about your own nation, is that is that responsible? Given the fact that we are no lo- that, that we are now a globalistic community. Well, I guess now, I know that's uh, a, like a different question to be asking tonight, uh, but we well, need to consider that when it comes in terms of our constitution, because I know that's what the progressives are asking. They're saying, you know, well, we don't want, we we live in a global community today, and we need to move beyond the constitution because that 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 purely speaks to just us as a nation. Well, but see, the country was founded. Um, see, I know, I know, it was founded on that, but it was two hundred and what, two hundred thirty, forty years ago. Right, but I, I don't think. Well, see, I'm I'm fighting the um, the globalist thing because. You know, uh, we should. You know, we're not supposed to be try to be joined together with every other nation. You know, you, there still has to be sovereignty as far as the principles that the country was founded upon. But that's not and the way that the world is going. The world is moving towards breaking down national borders, and yeah. all of us becoming one world. So do you, you don't think that you can prevent? Well, I'm not that. saying that I, I'm, I've, I've got like an absolute opinion on this. I'm just telling, saying that this is what the progressives believe. Yeah. And the progressives well, are the ones that are in control of government right now. You know, they're, they, they, they control Europe. All right. Yeah. They control the U.N. Yeah. Uh, they control many other countries in the world. 
you know, you have China and India and, you know, I mean, so much of our economy today is, is, is you know, dependent on what China and India does, as well as, you know, Central and South America. We're no longer like this independent nation that just creates products that we sell to the entire world and we're all by ourselves. Yeah, well, so, please, so, please. so it is, I, you know, I, I guess part of the question that I'm asking here, and this may be, I don't think it's like off topic, but it, it goes back to, you know, we're, we're trying to stand upon our constitution to make some of these decisions. And I, Part of the question I'm at, and I'm not saying I agree with this, okay? So hear me. Yeah. I'm just raising the questions that a lot of people are asking or, you know, the, that they're putting out there that, uh, you know, uh, we are no, it's irresponsible to be this nationalistic, constitutional-driven country when the world is moving towards a one-world government, a one-world economic system, and ultimately it's going to be a one-world religious or, you know, system as well yeah well i guess if you you know if you look at scripture you know that's that's what will i guess prophetically transpire at some point in time in the future i guess but you know i guess from my standpoint as long as i'm living if you know if there's a committed few you know i think you should still fight for what you think is is the right thing um you know even if you go down you know, do, you, do you think it's very? Do you think it's possible, uh, uh, Alan, that we're going to be the last generation that thinks this way? I think it's very uh, possible because the younger people coming up, they are being they are being totally trained, all right, yeah. in all yeah, of the public school system and everywhere else. They're being totally pushed towards a globalistic view of humanity, and I I got a feeling that we're going to be the last generation that looks at America from a nationalistic you know, constitutional uh, point of view. Well, yeah, that's, uh, you could very well be right there because my concern is is that the younger generation, they don't know what the true U.S. history is. Well, uh, yeah, know. I mean, they, 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 they're giving, uh, they're, they're being given um, a history that is different than ours. They're, they're being taught that, you know, uh, we we took this country away um yeah. you know we basically came in and and uh you know killed all the native americans we robbed them of you know their culture we uh you know we we took their land from them uh you know we, we're colonialistic in the sense that we you know or and imperialistic in the sense that we've gone all around the world and you know tried to establish our uh, our national interests not only you know uh, you can go f from the Middle East to Africa to Europe to everywhere to Central America. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what they're being taught. Yeah, yeah, well, um, I don't know. It's just It all depends on how many people in the country are really committed to um, the, um, I don't know, the principles of the Constitution. Uh, that is based on the people knowing what the Constitution is and, well, the Constitution is not even taught in our public schools. Right, right. Well, see, that's the problem right there is that uh, they're intentionally educating the younger generations the way they, what, as far as what they want them to know and believe. Uh, but, uh, you know, it just takes, uh, I mean, you know, the Revolutionary War, 
you know, they, you know, it would take something like that, uh, but there would have to be enough people. See, the reason we're in this situation now is because over the years, the we've done nothing. People, yeah, we've done right, nothing. Right, right. People have quote wanted somebody else to take care of them. To be to be the daddy. Yeah, I hear you, bro. Hey, I appreciate you calling. We gotta take a quick break. Phone number is one 955 8200 We'll be right back with the final segment of the show. Don't go away. Homeowners, how would you like to receive a $1,500 tax credit and save up to $465 a year on high-energy bills? Pella Windows wants to show you how for free. It's time to replace those drafty, sticky, outdated windows. Call for free expert advice and a free in-home consultation. Save up to 31% on your energy bills with beautiful new windows from Pella. Call 800-646-8577. Experience the Pella difference for yourself. Call for your free consultation now. 800-646-8577. That's 800-646-8577. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. There's a real reason for the Easter season. Share it with a friend. Send an Easter greeting for free from CrossCards.com someone tell you there's nothing free in life? Well, they were wrong, because the IRS is offering Free File. Yes, I said the IRS is offering you and me the opportunity to prepare and electronically file federal taxes for free. And Free File is free for just about everyone. For those that make $57,000 a year or less, you automatically qualify to file for free using the Free File tax preparation software. If your annual income is higher, there are Free File fillable forms that everyone can use. Plus, if you combine your free e-file and free direct deposit into your account, you could get your refund in as few as 10 days, which means your money is safe and secure, which is one reason millions of taxpayers already e-file their taxes, two out of three Americans to be exact. See, there are some things in life that are free, like free file. So next time someone tells you there's nothing free in life, tell them to browse the internet freely and visit www.freefile.irs.gov to prepare and e-file their federal tax return. Free file. It's fast. It's safe. It's free. All right, welcome back. Oh, boy, there's so much to say and so little time to do it. Hope you've enjoyed the show tonight. We do this every Saturday and Sunday night. And, hey, by the way, tomorrow night my uh, my bride, Tanya, is going to be joining me in studio as she does every Sunday night. And uh, maybe we'll get uh, Trevor and his bride, my daughter, and my grandson to come on in. And he can, like, you know, he can talk on the air. He can say up. Water, he can say up. up. Yeah, yeah. He, he's good at up. <laughs> I know. Up when he wants down. Uh, the phone number is 1-800-955-8200. We're, uh, we've only got about 10, 12 minutes left in the program, and I want to get to the uh, final calls before we uh, have to go. Uh, so if you want to get in on the conversation, now would be a good time to do it. Again, the phone number is 1-800-955-8200. Uh, Jonathan, you're still with me, bro? Yes, I am. All right, real quickly, um, I'm hoping that you will continue this dialogue. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, 
that you will. So if people want to uh, read your blog and, and continue on with this conversation after the show, uh, what can they do? Uh, a couple of things. Um, again, uh, my uh, podcast, King and Servant, um, I just uploaded today the debate I did in Seattle last month. Today? Uh, on today or today? today? Today. You can say that as well. Uh, today or today? Um, I prefer the former, but the latter is more... <laughs> You know, you know. Every time you get on the air with me, I'm going to have to razz you. Oh no, I have full license. <laughs> Out of my edge. <laughs> I, I just wish I could talk like you. I really am jealous. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, you're like you're like an instant star. If you've got a British or an Australian accent. Accent. You're automatically a star. I'd like to think so. <laughs> but, uh... I'm sure the Lord will use me in more humble ways. Indeed, um, I think I think God's going to speak if the British accent in heaven. Well, don't you think? <laughs> <I> think <laughs> when he when high, he sings over high, us, yeah, highly appropriate. Yes. <laughs> I think that would be. <laughs> so, what's your website? Uh, a couple of websites actually. Uh, Kingandservant.com. King um, Kingandservant.com. Okay, um, that that's pretty easy. Uh, yes, and there's some shows there that I've posted. And a debate as well on Two Kingdoms Theology. And also there's a link provided on that page to another website called twokingdomstheology.com. Okay. And that's, that's a whole series that me and Pastor Gene Cook did last year in California. And we really fleshed out this doctrine of two kingdoms and how it should be correctly applied to situations such as this. Very good. Uh, and, and what's that website? That's uh, twokingdomstheology.com. Okay. They can also go to ICI.com, right? Or ICI.org? Uh, ICIministries.org. Okay, yes. ICIministries.org. Excuse me. Yes. I hiccuped and, right uh, in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that. That's an interesting promotion for it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's talk to uh, Zach calling from Greensboro, North Carolina. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing good. How you doing tonight? Good. Give me some of that good southern drawl, boy. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> Yeah, I was just, uh, I didn't hear, I wasn't able to catch most of the radio program, but I uh, just called that you were talking about is the idea is, is civil disobedience uh, something that's biblical or is it not? And I know there's, there's different points of view on that. Um, I personally, and I don't know if somebody might have said this, already lean towards the idea that, it, that it's, we're not meant to do it, that, you know, we don't have to stand for injustice and that we don't have to obey laws that, you know, conflict with Christianity. You can't, you know, if we're commanded by our government to worship a false god or something, we don't have to be needed at. Right. But um, I think, I was trying to, I don't have my Bible in front of me, I'm driving, but I think there's in, in, I think First Peter, it might be Second Peter, where he's saying what wives should do if they're married to somebody who's not a Christian yep. and, and yep. whatnot, and then right after that he goes into submitting to your government, and then the same idea that if a wife is to win her husband by by her lifestyle, that to change the world and to change that, that as Christians, we're supposed to do the same thing, that we mm. don't change the world by force or we don't change it, even by nonviolent protest, that you can change, and certainly God has worked through those things. Is that necessarily what it seems that we're supposed to do at all times? I, I don't think the Scriptures back that up. I know there are people that disagree with that, um, but uh, that just seems to me anyway what it seems to be pointing towards is that we, we continue to profess Christ and spread the gospel and live the way Christ told us to, and that through that, God will work and our light shines through those kinds of things. You know, um, I'm going to say something really controversial, okay? Okay. I think if, uh, if, if those that call themselves Christians, that 
if they would put as much emphasis and um, effort into their faith and their church as they do into politics, we would see a different world today. Oh, I highly agree. I highly agree. Amen. You know, people get pretty fired up when they start talking politics, but then you start talking about feeding the orphans and and the widows and, and caring for the least of these and and loving your neighbor, and the phones are dead. I mean, I'm in the process right <laughs> You know now what I'm saying? Reading, uh, oh, yeah. I'm in the process of reading right now uh, George Mueller's autobiography. And mm. just the life that he lived, I'm going to be doing a Bible study on this idea this coming week about where we're, what we're supposed to do with our life, this idea of you know our building our treasures in heaven that Jesus talks about in, in Luke and in the Sermon on the Mount about selling your possessions and giving it to the poor mm. to help spread the word, and, that, and then not to worry that he's going to take care of you. And it doesn't mean that there won't be lean times, but through that, like Paul says, I can do all things through Christ right. who strengthens me, even though I've known hard times and the good. God's always there, and, and we often, in our, this country especially, I mean, there's a lot of great things about America, but this idea of retirement and all these different things that we're supposed to invest with our money has invaded, it seems to me, has invaded the church. And you have good aspects that we are supposed to get out of debt, but then you have Dave Rams and everybody else telling you to spend the rest of your time building up your 401k and thinking for when you can retire. And right. that just doesn't... I don't get it. I, th- I, think, I think the worst bumper sticker in the world that is out there today it's uh, I'm gonna I'm spending my children's inheritance. I think that is the yep. most godless mm-hmm. thing that has ever been printed. I just right. hate that bumper sticker. Hey, uh, will you do me a favor, Zach? Certainly. Will you email me uh, the questions um, that you're going to do for your Bible study? Because uh, if you've been listening to this program, one of my one of my goals with it is to create men's groups all across the country, um, and to use this show kind of as a catalyst, as a jumping off place uh, to do that. And I would love to follow along with your uh, with with your your guys' study. So uh, let me give you my email. It's Leaf L I E F. All right. Now all you got to do is remember it's I before E because everybody does L E I F. It's L I E F. Okay. I got you. Okay. And the last name is Moy M O I. So it's Leaf at LeafMoy dot com. Real easy. Okay. okay. Uh, please send me the questions. I would love to get them and. And uh, it'll be a couple of days. I'm still no problem. No, hey, hey, no, no problem at all. I, I would just I would li- love to stay in uh, correspondence with you and and uh, follow up with uh, what you guys are doing and how that's working. And and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate what you had to say tonight. And, uh, um, I, you know, you know, maybe we can uh, work together a little bit in the future. Or maybe you can. Uh, who knows? Maybe use your part, your uh, your segment as uh, a feature on our website or on our show. Well, I appreciate it. Anything that we can do. All right. God bless, and thanks for calling. All right. Thank you. Have a great one. All right. One. Take care. So, Jonathan, we've got about uh, three four minutes left in the show. Um, how do you want to wrap this thing all up tonight? Oh, so thank you. Um, yeah, I think the conclusion of the matter is, again, two kingdoms theology being the, uh, the antidote to many of these problems. There's no immediate easy answers to... Uh, the complexities of uh, many of our political issues today, especially when it comes to abortion and our taxes and whatnot. But I believe that becomes the uh, the hermeneutic, if you will, the the uh, the paradigm by which we can categorize these issues. And secondly, and even more importantly, how we can best approach them. And I think we've seen tonight the wisdom of Scripture and the wisdom of God that He's been pleased to set up earthly authorities. And he's been pleased to see the church grow and prosper 
through the furtherance of the gospel, through the proclamation of the gospel. And it's through that means that we will see uh, change in our uh, in our government. And I think that's what the Lord uh, is hopefully saying tonight. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of a scrapper. All right, you know, I I, I am. I, I uh, I'm a scrapper, and I'm not one of those the guy that's just going to lay down and let people walk all over me. At least that's not my first inclination. Okay. Now. You know, if if Jesus says turn the other cheek, I probably should. It's going to be really hard though for me. <laughs> okay, it is. It's going to be really hard for me to turn the other cheek. I'm going to want to like pull up my fists and fight back. Uh, but should I probably turn the other cheek? Yeah, I think so. Um, and in regards to you know all of we talked about tonight, um, you know, if the government government tells me I can't talk about Jesus anymore, well, I'm going to draw a line in the sand, and I'm just going to say I'm sorry, I can't obey. If the government is going to uh, force me to do something that is contrary to my conscience, you know, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. If it's going to, you know, force me to uh, uh, to do anything that is contrary to, you know, what I see in Scripture, again, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and say, I can't do that. But if it's just going to make me do something that is oppressive to me, maybe, and I don't like it, it's not what I think right. that we should do as a country— or the best thing that we should do as a country, my citizenship, first and foremost, is in the kingdom of God. Secondly, it belongs to the United States of America. But Amen. it is first belongs to the kingdom of God. And that's where my first allegiance is. Yes, and I think as long as we can worship God with freedom, and as long as we can share the gospel, we can all sleep well tonight. Yeah, indeed. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so very much for uh, being on the show tonight. Um, we'll do a lot more together, and I appreciate you. And uh, um, I just want to say God bless. And again, your email is uh, kingandservant.com. Uh, our website is Second Adam Ministries. That's the number two, and then followed with ND, as in second, then adamministries.org. If you would like to get a copy of this show, and uh, give it to your friends. Hope you do so. Also, tune in tomorrow night as my wife joins me in studio for another great episode of The Sons of Adam. God bless. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow night. preceding program was sponsored by Second Adam Ministries and the opinions expressed were not necessarily those of the staff, management, or advertisers of this station.